welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello. Hi. How are all our broads out there? How are you guys doing after our first bachelorette recap? That first round, you know, we're technically recording this before the actual bachelorette (laughs) recap. We're like, wow, that was a crazy episode, wasn't it? Wild. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure it was. I, you know, it looks like it's going to be a fun season. We're we're recording this the week before the bachelorette premieres. So, but this is going to be our technical first. Bonus Full Thursday episode because you guys had our little bonus bachelorette reunion recap mini uh-huh. version, but uh-huh. this is our technical full. First Since Thursday. none of this has happened yet, I'm having such a hard time. My, your brain's like firing off, out. like what? the future. I'm like, but that was last week, <laughs> which is technically this week that we're doing. But technically, this week we just had Mother's Day. Uh, a few days ago, which makes this guest so appropriate because here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Our episodes involving sex and motherhood, you broads love those. Yeah. So we're bringing those two together today with our perfect guest, Dana B. Myers. Hi, guys. <laughs> that was a wonderful, dramatic pause. Thank you. Thank I just you wanted to, that. like, you know, get the full, the thank full you. throttle. And thank um, you for saying my full name. Yes. Do you prefer the full name? I prefer the full name. The B is for my maiden name, and I'm just like never letting it go. What's your maiden name? Braverman. Whoa, oh, see, Braverman. That's a great. I would like. I would have a hard time giving that. Yeah, up. Yeah. So I didn't change it for seven years, and then when I did change it to add Myers, I kept the B. I like that. So, thank I'm, you. I'm going to do that. that. I technically have. You're still Collins. My technically, I still have my maiden name yeah. on all the you know certificates because yeah. it's a bitch and a half to change. It's a nightmare it is. to change over thank everything, and I'm a lazy piece of shit. Sometimes oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I literally <laughs> lost my driver's license. <laughs> mm, 15 months ago yeah. and i still have not gone to the dmv and i just carry around my passport to bars and whatnot yes it's true i've seen her bring out the passport <laughs> yeah it's like prime laziness and then now i have to change my car into my name because it's still in one of my family members and i'm like well i have to it's go to the, the logistics DMV. of life it's boring it's yes. boring it's no one boring. wants to talk about that boring stuff which is why we want to talk about Let's sex talk about sex and sexy stuff so dana is a author of a few amazing books and also the owner of Booty Parlor. So do you mind giving us a little intro about yourself? Yeah. So (laughs) Booty Parlor, it's a sexy beauty and lifestyle brand. I started 15 years ago with my husband and um, with your husband, with my husband. Yeah, we're business partners. So we're together a lot. Basically growing up when my mom is a makeup artist and I grew up following her into the shop where she had her studio Mm -hmm. and just watching her transform women and and listening to all the conversations that women were having in the beauty salon, which we all know what it is. Everyone's spilling the beans about the relationships, about their hang ups. Right. And I so, just had a flashback to like Steel Magnolias it's, when they're all in the yes, yes. and I actually played Truvy in a high school play. No way! <laughs> yes. This is like it my life's full circle. Um, and so I just kind of caught wind of this whole female empowerment thing at a very mm-hmm. young age, um, and I was also very interested in all things that were sexy. And I was very, as most of us are, naturally curious. You know, mm-hmm. like I got my period at ten, and so. From then on, I was just sort of like, what is, you know, what is all this? Right. And my parents, sex was not taboo in our house. It was an open topic for conversation. And my parents 
while they didn't go out and say, hey, you know, go have sex, they they acknowledged me and they recognized me. I mentioned this to you earlier. My yes. dad actually said to me, I recognize you as a sexual being. <gasps> now let's talk about what that means. How amazing From is my that? dad. You know, t- so to get these wow. messages from my mom who was like, hey, honey, did you know that self-pleasure is just as satisfying as sex? And I was like, okay, I'm oh, already that's know great. that, mom, that's, but thank you. That's already like breaking down pleasure hierarchies, though, because we create these hierarchies of like having sex with a partner yep. and getting off that way is yep. somehow more valuable or right. makes you more valuable as a sexual being than right. just solo. Right. Like, so solo pleasure was a big part of my life growing up because my mom gave me that message. Mm-hmm. Um, as was, you know, exploring with partners. Anyhow, I naturally became that girl that all my friends were coming to for love and sex and beauty advice. And then I wound up in the music business, but always loving beauty and sex, beauty and sex. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this idea one night, you know, why this was 15 years ago before the triple X business had really evolved to where it is today, which is much more female friendly, much more design oriented, but it wasn't back then. And I thought, why isn't there a place where I can go to get products that make me feel confident and sexy and also can spice up my, my sex life. So I thought, well, I'll just create it. And I thought, oh, well, it's like the beauty parlor for your love life where women can come and talk and share and feel empowered and also feel sexier. And I was like, it's the booty parlor. Oh it's my the God, beauty I parlor love for your love life. That's fun. So I quit my job. I, I, I told this idea to my then boyfriend and we quit our jobs. We raised some money. We launched the brand and we got scattered by Victoria's Secret. So quickly they became our biggest client. I mean, we were operating wow. out of our living room. And they called and I was like, did I place a catalog order? You know, why are they calling? Um, Wow. So we just kind of, you know, launched from there, built a wholesale business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also started doing workshops. And that's where I really fell in love with just this idea of talking to women about their self-confidence, their desires, helping them become more centrally empowered and and feel free to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got a lot of the information to write my first book. Um, and then I had two kids. So the first book was before the kids. Yeah. So I wrote the first book when I was pregnant. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. I feel so sexy. (laughs) Right, right. You know? And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to sail right in. I'm going to sail right into motherhood. My relationship is going to be intact. My body's going to be intact. My sex life, my libido. You have all these (laughs) ideas of like, it's going to go perfect. Like, yeah. Well, you I, feel like a goddess sometimes when you're pregnant. I felt like such yeah. a goddess when I was pregnant. And then suddenly it's like I had the baby and woke up and I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. It was like my body had changed so much. It was the first time in my adult life where I didn't have a libido. Mm. It was the first time in my relationship with Charlie where I started to feel resentment towards him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I know, baby. <laughs> and uh, And so I kind of woke up one day. And actually, I was pumping, and uh, I had a conference call that I was about to get on. You know, I was trying to hold it all together, right. and uh, I turned my pump on. I was doing my makeup, and suddenly I felt all this warm liquid on my legs, and I'd forgotten to screw on the bottles to the oh. pump. And I was just oh like, my oh, the worst. You know, it was just like a rush. Like, the letdown was just, like, everywhere. And I was just like, I'm tapped out. I'm not yeah. thinking straight. I'm not feeling like myself. And that was really, I guess, my little breakthrough moment mm-hmm. where I thought I have to get back to what I know. What do I know how to do? I know how to nurture myself as a sexual woman who loves satisfaction. So mm-hmm. 
every day I just started doing little things to make myself feel more confident. I started self-pleasuring again. I started scheduling sex. And I kind of put this framework around coming back to myself and coming back to my relationship Mm -hmm. um, and coming back to pleasure. And that's where the idea for this Mommy Mojo Makeover book started. Yes. Yeah. So Anyone who's watching on the YouTube, <laughs> this book. Yeah. No. And, um, and it's interesting. It was kind of a long journey. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'm 43 now. Um, and I'm, I've realized... How old were you at the time when you had this kind of yeah, shift? So I had Rocky, my son, at 34. And okay. about nine months in... When he was nine months, I just realized I'm pushing myself too hard. I'm disconnected from myself. I need to kind of reevaluate and reconnect. And then things got better. And then I had a second kid. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now I have more information. Right. Now I have more experience. So what am I going to do? So I actually launched a live workshop at this cool kids play space in Williamsburg where we were living in Brooklyn. And... Um, I just gathered, you know, women with babies from the community. We would come out at night into the play center without our kids and drink champagne. And I started workshopping this material. And that was just life-changing for me. And that's really where, you know, my current career path, I think, really kicked off. Booty Parlor sort of runs on its own. We have distributors and yeah. um, and our retailers that sort of a little bit function on their own. Um, but really, mm-hmm. the workshops and the digital programs, really just being with mothers and helping moms figure it out again is where it's at for me. Okay, loving this, but we do we do need to take a pause here for just a second. I'm excited to talk about this new partner of ours, Becca. Uh, it's Rothy's, and Rothy's is a company that makes shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles. That's yes, great. Yes, I am completely serious. Yeah. I was so excited. Super cool. So Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills and manufactured these, these shoes that are not only extremely comfortable... Like crazy comfy, but so cute too. So they're super stylish flats that come in four different silhouettes and they launch new colors and patterns every couple of weeks. You'll want them all. I got some fun red zebra print pointy toed. Um, Ooh, they're so cute. Oh, I saw those. Those are yeah. so cute. Are I got the little fun. sneakers. Oh, cute. Up. Yeah. God, they're so I fun. I see them everywhere. Yeah, I, I saw Meghan Markle walking around in those things. Ooh. Um, it's funny. When they reached out to us, I went on their website and I was like, oh my gosh, cute shoes. I'm super in. And then on top of it, I saw the recycled water bottle piece and my mind was blown. And on top of that, uh, they are fully machine washable. That's great. Um, and they sell kid sizes AKA your kids' shoes that normally get ruined and stained after or a few stinky. wears or disgusting. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they can be good as new in just one machine wash. I'm I'm literally crying. Like I'm crying mom <laughs> tears at the idea of this. <laughs> Those watching our YouTube feed are like, She's no. not crying. <laughs> so check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com forward slash chatty. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com forward slash chatty to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash chatty today. Woo! And I think that, you know, when we have this new wave of sex empowerment and female sexual empowerment, a lot of times the only thing that it looks like is like I had so many orgasms and oh my gosh, I have sex all the time. And it becomes this... This sort of like, how can I one up you with like how empowered I am sexually? And instead we don't talk about 
the not fun stuff and the stuff that can make us feel embarrassed in front of other women, which is like, I don't, I, I don't want right. to have sex. Yep. I don't, I feel out of my body when yep. I have sex. Yep. I can't get off when yep. I'm with a partner. Yep. I get all this stuff that's like, Im- can be embarrassing right. to talk about. And yet all those problems are so common. Yeah. Yes. It's like the lot. Well, and especially when you have kids, there's this like identity shift. Mm-hmm. There's a loss of me time Yeah, and me time and freedom are huge libido boosters. Oh my God. Nothing is more of a turn on than going out now. With if me and you my don't have me time or freedom or, or time with your girlfriends, it's like, mm-hmm. and you're just trapped in the mom zone. It's very hard to find your libido again. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously all, there's all the hormonal shifts as well. Um, but there's, there's all these other lifestyle problems. Like I said, the resentment comes in. So then you don't feel romantically connected. Then there's, um, you know, then there's actually, there's also this idea of like unsatisfying sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, can we admit that some, like sex has become really routine sometimes? Yeah. And so that's why I'm not motivated. So how do we break that down? How do we feel confident to communicate about sex? There's a lot of common obstacles or challenges or blocks that we experience that you're right. People don't really acknowledge. And they, we do, we get caught up with like, well, how does sexy look? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, it's not about how sexy looks. It's about how does sexy feel? Mm-hmm. But you know, are people talking about, well, how, how then do we get back to those feelings of desire? How do we start to, you know, peel the layers back on that? Yeah. When you're breastfeeding or when you're schlepping around your three-year-old right. or when you're racing between being a working woman and a mother and a wife and a, you know, and we're trying to balance all these different things. Right. And sometimes you can even sense your partner shift in the way that they... Not that mm. they're not attracted to you anymore, but I felt it when I was pregnant. I was uh-huh. like, why is this not the same anymore? Like, right. why do you not want to have like sex with me in the same way that you used to sure. want to? Sure. Frequency or whatnot. Yep. And then you kind of put expectations on yourself and the other person. And then it can become this trap totally. where instead of getting better, it just gets worse and worse until it's at the point where you can't totally. communicate mm-hmm. with each other. Like yeah. Yeah. And you know, two things, two things I'll, I'll say about that. One thing is that you know, it's this idea of the mom zone, right? It's like mm-hmm. we, we lose ourselves a little, but we've like, we dive into this role as mother, right? And it's a true, authentic part of ourselves. But our partners are sort of like, well, I love and admire this part of her, but where's the other part? Where's right. the other part that I fell in love with? Where's that fun part that really turned that me on? Street, right. That independence, right? That independence, that fire, Playful, that spontaneity, yeah. all of that. So I think it can be really confusing for him as well. And so what my husband has figured out, God bless him, is he knows how to create experiences that bring out the fun side of me. And that was something that he really started doing after we had kids. I'll tell Mm. this story. This is funny. So I had an amazing vaginal birth with Rocky. It was awesome. Um, But it was, you know, it takes time to recover, right? Yeah, So And he was in the NICU for 10 days. So it was a little bit like traumatic on many levels. So stressful. We finally get home. And, you know, we were just in that early, early days, cocoon days. You know, we were watching movies at night, eating the frozen lasagnas our neighbors were bringing over. And I was like really happy in that zone. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the couch breastfeeding and he comes in. He's like, babe, babe, I got tickets to see Muse. And that was like, you know, one of our favorite bands at the time. I was like, that's amazing. When's the show? And he said, tonight. And you're like, how the fuck are we going to make it to this show? (laughs) And I was literally like 10 days in, a new mom, four days home from the NICU, breastfeeding, Uh, milky, milky, so milky, sitting on a donut. And I was like, but, 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 and he's like, please, 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 
I don't want to become one of those couples <sighs> who doesn't have a social life just because we got kids. And I was like, but it's, we're just, we just started. <laughs> we're two weeks in. I was like, we're two weeks it. in. I still have goosebumps you, talking about it. And your he was eyes like, are tearing up. Yeah. Like, and all these thoughts are racing through my mind. How can I leave the baby? How will I pump? What will happen? Will I, you know? Right. And so he's, I, I saw the true, desperation is the wrong word. I saw the true intention, his mm-hmm. like true desire to keep our partnership alive and yes. to like not let go of it. And even though it was really soon, we kind of talked through all the, okay, where will I pump? We'll, we'll bring the pump. We'll bring the ice packs. We'll pack it up. You know, we'll do this. We'll <laughs> do that. Right. It was just a concert, but first right. baby, right? First baby. You're like, in two oh, weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, I brought my little donut. I stood for an hour and then I had to sit for the rest because it was too much pressure. Um, I had a beer. It was great. And we had such a great time and it was really this symbolic marker Mm-hmm. that this is how we're going to treat our relationship. Mm-hmm. That no matter what, you know, no matter how difficult parenting gets, or chaotic, and it's so demanding. I know you guys can both understand right. that. It was like we were always going to commit to this kind of fun social dating life uh-huh. together. And since then, so if there's any partners listening, if there's any men listening, like buy concert tickets, buy tickets to shows, buy tickets to activations, make a picnic. It does, you don't have to spend the, mo- you know, the money, yeah. but right. the tickets are nice. Yeah. But do things that help your wife remember that she's more than a mom. That yeah. she's like, like, how can you bring out the, wom- the woman behind the mother? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what's going to help us remember, oh, we are sexual. We, are, we still have that spark. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even like, I love what you said when you're talking about him looking at you and you saw past actually the tickets and like his intention. It was so and I feel like that's so raw. important too, mm. like to recognize that even if like, let's just say you would have been, if you would have said, hell no, like right. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of myself. I'd be like, yes, are I'm you still, fucking I still have me? liquid coming out of like every orifice right every now, orifice. but, but to respond, to respond in a way that you see his intention instead yeah. of just being like, hell no, what are you thinking? Or, or internalize it as like, are you stupid? Are you not seeing me right now? Right, right, right. That's right. And that's the give and take of relationships, isn't it? Yeah. It's to like, see, to see, and I think, and, and I want to get to this at some point, yeah. um, when we talk about, uh, the mommy mojo makeover uh, that you wrote. Uh, there's a chapter about resentment. Ugh. And I feel like Ugh, the when killer. you remember, and this was like such, when I was reading this in your book, it was such like this inspirational thing to me to remember that this is your partner. And even like, you know, if it's a, a, a boyfriend, a spouse, a girlfriend, whatever, however long it is, you had a connection yeah. and to see the best in your partner and mm. to remember why you were attracted, that attracted to them instead of just being like, they don't see me. They don't know me. Right. It's like, no, this is an adjustment for all of us. For all of us. Yeah. And also to, and I think this is just how relationships go, even without kids adjusting to the fact that this thing that attracted me to this person in the first place or mm-hmm. what turned me on in the first place that might shift and we might not ever get back to not in a negative way, mm-hmm. but like we're never going to be 19 again, like right. being, you know, just super horny for each other all the time. Like right. that's our attraction is going to shift and it might be something new that's going to pull that's each right. other in desire. Right. right. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's not about trying to go back. It's trying to like, how do we evolve forward? Cultivate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we cultivate? How do we, you know, I always talk about creating new erotic energies, you know, but it, it's, I think people, women, men, 
And especially, again, after we have kids, it's like when our libidos tank, you know, we sort of look outside of ourselves like, where, where's my libido? Where is it mm-hmm. gone? Is it ever mm-hmm. coming back to me? And there's, I think, a mindset shift that's really key mm-hmm. to the process of reclaiming your sensuality. It's like, it's not outside of me. It's still in me. I have mm. control over it. I'm capable of owning it and activating it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this mystery. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's more of a blockage instead of just like a missing somewhere out there finding it. Sometimes I think there can be little walls. Of course. That get in the way of where it is inside of us. Absolutely. And, and for so many reasons, yeah. you know, those walls might be the way you grew up, something that happened. If you've experienced trauma, mm-hmm. if you're like experiencing postpartum depression, if you've got major resentment, it's very hard to want to have enthusiastic sex if you're harboring resentment. It's impossible. Like resentment's on the opposite side of the spectrum from attraction. Mm. It's like, so you have to get rid of the resentment. If you're having sex with resentment, like you're just going to... It's, it's, it's going to make you more resentful. Totally. It's going to make you more sex. resentful. Yeah. So it's like, how do you heal the resentment to, to get closer to attraction again? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, you know, it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Um, you, you ask for the help that you need. Mm-hmm. That's it's really it's like it's crazy simple. You ask for the help that you need in a way that your partner can understand. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's the hardest part is finding out what you need. Oh yeah. So tell me about that. Well, yeah. I was just gonna say sometimes it's like I don't I don't know what I need from you. Yeah. And I sort of experienced that, or I have in the past um, of just like. I know there's something missing here, but yeah. I don't know what I need from you. Yeah. And I don't know what's missing here, but there's some peace. Mm. And that can be half the battle or most of the battle is trying to find out, mm. or at least it has been for me. I'm like, yeah. no, I need you to do more of this. And then I'm like, well, no, but it's not that. Or yeah. like, no, I need you to show up in this way. But no, it's not that either. Yeah. And that can be so difficult yeah. on that journey to find out what's what you need totally well I always recommend making a list you know and it can be everything from like very specific domestic duties to oh, yeah putting <laughs> putting the kids down to bed to asking for more appreciation and acknowledgement to asking for more romance to asking for you know specific uh y- you know sexual pleasures and it's mm-hmm. like okay so identify what you need make it really really clear um and then you kind of boil it down into a brief and direct request. Yes. And you use a W word when you ask. So if you want more help with domestic duties, let's say the trash has been sitting there and you keep walking by it because you want him to fucking take it off. <laughs> you know, and you're like, why the fuck is it still sitting there? Really? I can see it. I can smell it. Why can't oh, he see it or girl. smell it? Yeah. And then you're like scowling at him and you're yeah. muttering in your mind and you're, you know, you could be enjoying your life, but mm-hmm. instead you're on this resentment loop, right? Mm-hmm. So you could say, babe, would you take out the trash for me, please? Not, can't you smell that? It smells terrible. Why can't you just take it out? Yeah, why haven't you taken it out already? Oh my God. So the difference between can't you just take that out and would you please take that out for me? Would you please is a request, a brief and direct request for your partner to be your hero. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like the trash taking out kind of a hero. Would you do that is giving him an opportunity to to be a hero. I know this sounds so simple and and like, really, is that it? But when you ask, will you tell me I'm being a great mom? Will you tell me that every day? Instead of, why don't you recognize me? I'm doing so much. Why can't you see? Would you just tell me I'm doing a great job, babe? Oh, my God. And he's like, of course I will. (laughs) Of course I will. Would you plan a date for us on Thursday night, babe? Not, we haven't been out in ages. Why don't, like, why don't you ever take me out? 
it's just so it's a really simple little shift that makes for a dramatic reduction in resentment when you spoke about this in the book it hit home for me Uh in like so many ways Uh because i can be a passive aggressive Uh (laughs) just in general in life i'm very much it's hard for me to be direct okay and so when you were in your book you were giving like how you're giving specific examples examples right now i'm like oh my god i totally would say do you smell that trash right now and me too and 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 sometimes it comes from waiting too long right exactly and like you just let it boil up 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 And then you just explode into this passive aggressive rage. And when you, when I was reading that in, in the chapters, I was just like, oh my God, I know. It is very clear to me that 99% of the time when I do approach it in a kind way and I do request it in a kind way, Evan will respond and he will reciprocate and do what I'm asking. That's right. It's a magic trick. It's amazing. It's a magic <laughs> trick. Okay. It's crazy. <laughs> what about the other side of it, which I will say I have experienced, which can be a def- like um, uh, defensiveness. Like what? Okay. So Give what me if an your example. partner responds? Yeah. So um, like uh, would you... Would you initiate, would you initiate sex with yep. me or yep. for instance, um, or even just like you said, would you verbally acknowledge me? Yep. And then what if the response is like, am I not doing that enough already? Like, am I not? And yeah. actually yeah. if there's my partner and I yeah. both are that way where we're all, we almost read uh, into the uh-huh. read between the lines and are like, oh. So I'm not initiating <laughs> right. enough sex for you. Right. Right. Like, but you are, you never initiate uh-huh. sex or right. like you never verbally acknowledge me and it can yep. be immediately this like, yep. Yep. Snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So two things. The, the first thing is that if, if you're met with defensiveness, I think you always try to do like two compliments and then follow it up with that request again, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. you know? So Yes, I loved it when you, um, I, I totally noticed when you uh, cleaned the kitchen the other yeah. day, that made me feel so supported. Yeah. And I'd still love it if you would take out the trash bin, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, so I'm, not, I'm not attacking you. You, you, do, you do really help me. And I'd love it. Not but, yeah. and. And mm-hmm. I'd love it if you would. Because if you use the term but, then you're negating everything you said <laughs> up front. Right. right, 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 right. When it comes to sexual conversations and initiations of sex, I think there's a step before, and that's having a kind of open conversation about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write about it in the book, and, and there's a bunch of co- communication prompts to follow, but really the three questions that I recommend any couple talks about and, and goes through um, when when you have an issue or you want to improve or you want to clear things up, or you want to evolve, get out of a rut, is what's great, what's great about our sex life right now? And even if the first word that comes to mind is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Right, it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Dig deep and find something, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Second question is what could be better? right? Not what sucks, but what could be better. Mm. So what could be better is if we explored new positions. Mm -hmm. What could be better is if you um, initiated sex in a way that really turned me on. And I'd like to talk about what that is because I've been thinking about Mm -hmm. what really turns me on. Right. And so it's like you kind of softly bring these things up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the third question is how do we co-create a sex life? 
that feels exciting and compassionate and understanding and that can last us another 10, 20, 30, 40 mm. years. Because that's really what we're looking at. I mean, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30. 30s, yeah. and my 40s, like, we're all looking at decades, guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> we're all looking at decades. So how do we co-create a sex life that can evolve as we evolve and that mm-hmm. can stay fresh and connected? Or even how to begin one, because for us, we I got pregnant with her three months after that's we wild. were together. That's and wild. that immediately took a mm. big toll on our sex life. And yeah. then there was resentment between us because there was difficulty decide, like, you know, with having her. And I, I initially that, I wanted to have her and he did it. Yep. And it was something yeah. that sort of took an axe immediately to our sex life yeah. when we hadn't even began to explore each other in the first place. Right. So it's been really interesting for us now to be like, for a lot of people, it's like, well, we had this foundation of what yeah. we used to have. And yeah. for us, it's yeah, like, you guys are starting it. Yeah. It's like, we never had right. any foundation. <laughs> right between us to begin with so yep. how do we create something from the ground up yeah when we don't even have any history mm-hmm. that's fascinating and i think um i think oh let's get the oh baby <laughs> you're okay oh baby um i think that's like such an exciting opportunity i mean you could i, I talk a lot about scheduling sex and yes. creating this framework um and I always say that, like, if parents didn't schedule sex, they probably wouldn't have it in the first five years, you know, because you're so busy. It's you do. You have to find the private time. You have to find the time also to transition from your busy day as a mom into a more sensual space. Right. Um, and there's that initial reaction to scheduling sex right. that takes all the zhuzh yeah, out of right. it. But you no spontaneity. Right. But like, it's so true. I... I just feel, and, and I feel like scheduling sex can be so sexy if you talk about it yeah. in, a, in a sexy way and you look forward to it. That's right. That's right. So I always talk about, okay, so when, if, if people have a bad reaction to scheduling sex, I'm always like, listen, don't think about it as a scheduled task. Think about it as an exciting event, right? right? So if you're going to an event, you think about what you're going to wear. Like a concert. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. think about, you anticipate what's going to happen. Who are you going to see? Are you going to feel excited? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. If you pencil sex in on a Thursday night, right? Then on a Monday, you're going to start thinking about it. Okay. When do I need to get the kids in bed and how? Mm-hmm. So if I schedule sex for a Thursday night, I know that on Thursday night, I'm going to ask my husband to put them down. Oh, I'm going to ask him to do all that exhausting garbage. I'm going to go in my room, lock the door, maybe have a glass of wine or whatever, and I'm going to dance. I'm going to unwind or I'll take a hot shower or I'll read some erotica. I'll start my transition I love that. at oh, least God. 30 minutes before that. he's done with bedtime that. so that when he comes in... I'm now, I've let go of all my irritation. You're not in that mom zone anymore. That's right. Oh. I'm not in the mom zone anymore. So suddenly I'm primed. Now, had mm-hmm. I not done any of that planning and I got the kids to bed and then he came up to me while I was cleaning the kitchen, I'd be like, oh, yes. Right. No, thanks. Right. But because yes. I knew I could manage my energy, right. I could warm up to the idea. I will have spent a few days thinking, well... What do I want out of that sex? Mm-hmm. What kind of energy do I want? What do I want to bring? Do I want it to be like rough and tumble? Do I want it to be like deeply erotic? Do mm-hmm. I want to watch a little porn? Mm-hmm. Do I what, what what do I want? Right? So to me planning is about you know, it's not about making it something on my to-do list. It's about prioritizing our sexual life and our intimacy. So when you think about it as a priority, 
And if your partner says, well, that's so unromantic. I don't want to be just another thing on your to-do list. You say, no, our sex life is a priority that you should be excited about that. I also love what you said about taking the time to kind of like get yourself. It's almost like foreplay with yourself, which I think is great because Mm -hmm. sometimes, especially with kids, you don't eat, you don't have time for 30 minutes of foreplay. And really, I'm going to just preach for a second (laughs) is that, um, most women need, I don't remember the exact minutes, but like at least like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of foreplay. Absolutely. And that can be, and even I I remember talking to my boyfriend about this and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how often are we going to have sex if we have to make it like an hour thing every (laughs) time? But I love what you're talking about of even if you only have 10 or 15 minutes with each other, at least you can prepare yourself and get yourself in the space. Do some deep breathing. That's right. I love asking, then asking your, your uh, partner, the W, would you put the children to bed so that I can prepare myself, mind, body, and And, soul for you? And the only answer is yes, I don't mind. I'll go do it. (laughs) Because he's like, oh my God, I'm... She's about to go get ready for, you know, for sex with me. Of course he's yeah, going to go how, put the kids And how to bed. hot is that for your partner to okay. think about you getting ready to have yes. sex? So let's get into that. Let's yeah. get into but that. But before way we to... do that, we oh, do yeah. have to do yes, an yes, ad. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. God, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm like turned on. Can I just, I'm going to have to go. One second. <laughs> Should we pause well, real quick? Yep. We got to, we got to keep the lights on here for a second. <laughs> that's like our, that's like our running thing. I love the that. lights on. And now keep we have like on. four lights now in the studio. Now we have so many so. lights. <laughs> Blinding. Uh, well, it's time to get our workout on and talk about open fit. That's another open thing that making can make you feel sexy is being physically active. Oh yeah. We're talking dancing. We're talking stretching, moving your body. Um, open fit is a new simple streaming service that allows you to work out in the comfort of your own living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. And I love to be able to work out in my house and not go to the gym and make a fool of myself, which I feel like I do often because when I work out at home, I can stare in the mirror (laughs) and I can check out this great ass when I do these squats. So, you know, OpenFit has all sorts of workout pro- pro- programs you can use to do that. You have access to bar, hit style workouts, yoga programs, which I've been using their yoga classes and I'm loving it. I'm limbering up for all the sorts of things that Dana has been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so you can access it anytime, anywhere. Watch it on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone. Smartphone, smartphone. <laughs> smartphone or Roku. <laughs> Today you can use code Chatty and join us on a personalized fitness journey just for you. Again, use the code Chatty and start using OpenFit for your journey for a healthier life. And right now during the OpenFit 30 day 30 day challenge, you broads can get a special extended 30 day free trial to open fit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days if that's your goal if that's your goal or just fit and healthy when you text chatty to 303030 that's 303030 you will get full access to open fit all the workouts and nutrition information totally free again just text chatty to 303030 standard message and data rates may apply <laughs> so back to the hot stuff yeah I was gonna say so uh, for a lot of women I think we don't know even where to begin and I liked your book because um you seem to incorporate some tantric kind of practices into with the, the with, senses the self. Yeah. yeah absolutely and I, and I think it's so foreign to so many women and especially just with porn and just you don't even have to watch porn to have this pressure of like I need to be ready right away right, and right. I and I've seen so many men too immediately be like well I'm gonna go 
straight to touching your don't vagina. Go and to you're pus. like, yeah, please, please <laughs> leave the puss alone yeah. for a Just... hot minute, please. <laughs> and for some of you women, that may be why it's not working for you. You're right. like, why am I not wet in three minutes right. when you go to touch me? Right. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I start my turn on, you know, at the beginning of my day. Um, and and the practice that I've I've developed um is really it's just a habit. So I, I always use the same example. Um, like if I go to the grocery store, I will linger in the produce department, right? And I will sort of linger near the phallic carrots and zucchinis. Oh my God. And, you know, the mister will come on and it will, you know, they'll look all glistening and sexy and thick and strong and different sizes and shapes and textures. Oh my God. And so instead of just looking at and seeing a carrot that I have to fucking puree for the baby, <laughs> it's like, it just ignites a more sensual image in my mind. So I'm I'm not thinking, oh, I want to use that carrot as an all-organic sex toy. <laughs> right. But it, it conjures, you know, um, feelings of sensuality in me. And then it ignites my brain. So then I allow my brain to go into a fantasy. Maybe it's with a cute guy who's stocking the shelves on aisle five, <laughs> right? And then suddenly that very mundane, very routine, very mom-oriented job of going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and getting the weekly haul for the family, suddenly that becomes a more central experience. So I talk about infusing your whole day with pleasure to ignite your brain to then start turning on your body. And it's like just looking up from your phone and saying, okay, what can I extract from this very ordinary moment in my day and how can I make it sexier so when you're folding laundry right and you've got a big basket of warm towels I hate folding laundry I hate it so much I hate it it so much it's the worst but I don't my chair for yeah Mm -hmm. but I don't want to sit there in irritation because then I'm not in pleasure so instead as I'm folding the towels I'll press them up against my body and I'll think oh that feels really good and warm and what would it feel like to roll around naked in these warm towels or have sex on these warm towels so then I've again taken a very ordinary mundane mommy moment and I've changed it in my brain to something more sensual and it's just that's what I look for throughout my whole day and again it's become a habit so I just look for sensual inputs all day long I'm taking these inputs in so that naturally starts to increase my sensual output I just love that so much because I feel like even aside from the sexual piece, it just makes life sound more glorious and enjoying each moment of life and like really like enjoying smells and like textures Mm -hmm. and all this and really experiencing it. Totally. I I just such a an amazing uh, focus and like brain shift to just make life. And it's easy because you don't actually have to change anything that you do in your day, you only have to change how you see things. Mm. Um, And then you can sort of jot down notes in your phone. And then when you're feeling really uninspired, you can open up those notes and be like, oh my God, all these different things ignited pleasure in me. Mm -hmm. All these different things gave me sensual thoughts. And it reminds you that you are a sensual woman. And it kind of, it just starts to lift your libido from a very organic way. Again, it's not porn, it's not, you know, some big production, but it's all these little sensual inputs that start to build up. Again, turning on your brain to turn on your body so that when it does come time, maybe for that planned sex on Thursday night, well, I've been thinking about sex all day. I've been thinking about pleasure all day. So my body is already in a state of higher responsiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just made me think of something like, you know, for some of our listeners or for some women listening, they may not even have that... um, 
that uh, what what a foundation like yeah. for you know how you're talking about like seeing things in this kind of right. sensual way. I just wanted right. to make a note that you know sensuality that you're talking about is can be so different from sexuality. Yes. And for some women, especially those maybe who have dealt with traumatic situations, yes. I was just thinking like maybe for, for someone that's not ready to go there or not even ready for the planned sex, instead yep. you could do like a planned sensual massage that does not end in any kind of penetrative yes. or orgasmic experience. Yes. So just planning with your partner, I was just thinking yes. like, you know, 15 minutes of just tickly yes. touch yes. and that's yes. it yes. with no further expectation right. at all. Just that's touch, right. you know, or yep. like a soothing foot massage or that's a, right. a hot bath, that's just right. something to feel pleasure in your body, yep. even if it's not any yes. kind of like penetrative mm -hmm. experience. I call that a touch point and I recommend that. And I recommend it to couples who feel this, um, this experience of, like I was saying, if I'm in the kitchen and he comes up and he's like, you know, he starts to wink or like initiate. And I'm like, but uh, uh, I mean, right. right. yeah. Yeah. my body you freezes shut down. up. Shut down. And that's because it's like the expectation, right? It's touch with expectation. And mm. what you're talking about is practicing touch without expectation. And that is so important, especially for women who feel a lot of pressure and then wind up rejecting their partners a lot. And then it's mm -hmm. this horrible cycle of pressure and rejection and expectation. Um, and so, yeah, taking 15 minutes out and saying to your partner, Hey, listen, I, I, I heard these girls on a podcast talking about this. <laughs> yeah. I want to try it 20 minutes a week. Let's go into a cozy space once the kids are asleep or whatever. Let's go into a cozy space and let's just practice touch with that expectation. Yep. He'll be like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then you say, let's practice like tickly touch. You touch me and then I'll touch you. Then I'll say, can I, I'd like more pressure, like touch me with more pressure, you know, mm -hmm. or more of a massaging technique. But the touch doesn't go anywhere. And I want to practice that because that's going to build some intimate trust between us. Yes. Yeah. Also a great way to practice um, asking for what you want. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, a few, it, it might take a few times for your partner to really get on board with the without expectation part. Mm -hmm. And you may have to say, oh, you know, we, we plan for yep. this to not nope, go nope, stop, anywhere. Stop. <laughs> Let's take a rain check. Let's 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 meet up for some intimacy in a few days. Mm -hmm. I want to keep this just about touching, mm. um, and and you know, giving yourself the the permission and the courage to be able to communicate like that because yeah. you do have to give yourself the permission, like you were talking about, for women who don't have this baseline understanding or mm. ownership of their sensuality. Give yourself the permission to explore and start developing that, right? Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. one else can really give it to you but you, although we're all giving it to you right now. Um, <laughs> do it, ladies. And then, you know, also have the courage. Have the courage to say... I want to practice touch with that expectation or I want to work on our sex life together or I'm in a process of learning about my own desires. Can I, can I trust you to come along with me on this journey? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like so many partners too. I know for me, I don't sometimes give my partner the chance ah. to, to, rise up to that occasion I just automatically I shut it down Assumptions, in my brain yeah. exactly you assume mm. oh he's he's not going to want to do that because then they'll just frustrate him because we're not actually having sex instead of knowing that this person cares about me yes. and he knows that when I'm communicating hey 
I want to have this intimate moment with you that doesn't lead to, to actual penetration yep. that like, it's me making an effort to be intimate with him and totally. like, let them like, let them stand up and yes. step up to that occasion yes. and be the partner that like you're looking for in your sexual mm-hmm. experience. Totally. Totally. And you're, yeah, you tapped on something so interesting there. It's that fear of will he reject my request? Will he understand this? Will he think I'm cuckoo? (laughs) And just giving them a little bit more credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does take courage to communicate your needs and and desires like that. Yeah. And I think Zena brought up on our last sex episode, she said, um, one of our guests, she said, sometimes men don't even know what they want and they've been told what they're supposed to want. Yes. And so you don't even know your partner might be like, I need to be touched like this too. Like I need, I also need touch without expectation. I didn't didn't realize that either. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Yeah. hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to tap in with you too, and I don't know if how you are with this Becca, but I know for me, when I read this in the book, I was like, oh my God, this is one of the things that's been a problem for us. Yeah, what? Um, so I'm a pigsty. Like okay. I'm a messy person. Okay. <laughs> when, I am when, too. I am uh, 100% okay. too. See, whenever I come over to your house, it never looks that way. Because it's all I'm in like, the bedroom. There's the clothes the, yeah, all over the place. That's me too. That's me too. And that's the problem. Okay, so when you had a chapter in your book, mm. creating a sexy space. Sex up your space. My brain was like, holy shit. This is why when Evan and I go away for two nights to a hotel, we have yes. rabbit sex yes. because you're in this clean, sexy you space. You also don't have yep. the pressure of like having to do things. Yes. Right. You're I like, realize the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, we don't yeah. have dishes to do. We don't have clothes to put away. So exactly. we don't have anything to worry about. That's but right. like you have this this space that someone else is going to clean for you. It's already yeah. prepared and beautiful. Yeah. And I'm looking at my filthy bedroom going, when I go into this space after I put my daughter to sleep, I don't feel hot here. I feel totally. stressed out because it's a mess yep. and it's gross. Yeah. And I was reading that in the book and yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, this is one of the things like, and then you encouraged doing it as a project together. together. I love totally. that. I love totally. That. Because if you're only doing it on your own, that's a good opportunity to create more resentment. <laughs> right? <laughs> like one more thing to fucking yeah, clean exactly, up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you're doing it together, you're saying, hey, let's make this, let's make our space, you know, sort of like a sexy sanctuary for the two mm-hmm. of us, but let's do it together. And that means like basic tidying, right? Putting the clutter away. But it can also mean like, what are the other sensual textures or mood lighting or other elements that we could put in here that would make us feel a little bit more turned on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it could be something as simple as candles, different lighting, different um, sort of gauzy curtains, you know, whatever your particular style is, making just a few changes to your environment can definitely help your base level of turn on and also help you you know, when you go into your bedroom, instead of just collapsing on your bed and, you know, numbing out into our phones like we do, it reminds you, oh, this is a space where we can also make love. Mm. This is a space where we can also express ourselves. You know, this Mm -hmm. can be like a playground for us. Yeah. But it does take some effort to do it together. Well, and sometimes I think maybe even you have to go outside of the bedroom because sometimes there can be energy that's like stale, I think. Yes. Especially if you've been having a difficult time in your sex life where there's sort of like 
not trauma. I don't know what, what's a lighter word to use, but it's like, sometimes it can be triggering, I think, to be in the bed where you're always trying to have routine sex. Yeah. And it might yeah. be a good opportunity to be like, Hey, let's go on a drive. You know, if you have small kids that pass out in the back yeah. seat, let's go somewhere and like, let's have make sex out. in the yeah. car yeah. or let's like a make it. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or have sex in the car. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss that. that. But, but the, sp- <laughs> the space too. Um, I love the idea of having a bedroom where it's like a no kid allowed zone to a certain extent. Yes. Um, I know my daughter's always like, you know, we'll throw her. Obviously, if you have a, it, like you, you have an infant and if you're co-sleeping or yeah, whatever, that's, this is different. But when the kids are getting older, I remember being, you know, eight and I was never allowed in my parents' bedroom Yeah, <laughs> because they're that. like this, my, my, this is the marriage room. Yeah. You are not allowed in here. And I wasn't allowed to go in my parents' bedroom unless yeah. I had permission. Yeah. And it was very rare. Yeah. And that was their space yes. that was completely theirs and it was sacred. And it wasn't even just because of sex. No. It was literally just like I need a it's place, a place where I'm not space, mom where yeah. we can be where we can be mm. whatever their names are for us but we can be Charlie and Dana instead right. of mommy and daddy you know because in the rest of the house I call I call Charlie hey daddy you know yeah it's like having that space where you can just be who you are you just being mm. you mm-hmm. instead of you being the other roles as parents yeah and you know what's interesting is I we've had a no kids in our room policy I was very very strict about it like I didn't even let Rocky come in he was a baby he was like two <laughs> weeks old home from the NICU and I was like nope I'm getting up and I'm going into his room to do the feeds I was like I just won't set that pattern I could have been a little less rigid but that was really important to me to maintain that that was our space. Mm-hmm. That was our space where we were going to have sex. That was our space where I didn't want to share my bed. Um, and what's so interesting is that when my son turned eight, he started having nighttime anxiety. Aww. And it almost came out of nowhere. I mean, this was like we've been through a lot in the last year, and now things are getting better. But suddenly, I couldn't be as rigid. Oh. Suddenly, I couldn't just like sleep train him again and push right. him back into his bed. And this was bla- this was black and white. Like suddenly, things became gray, mm. and I had to sacrifice that hardcore rule that I had and let him come into our room. Mm. So this is now like nine months later. There's still a mattress on the floor that oh. he comes in and sleeps on. Yeah. So I'm in one of those moments of motherhood where I'm like, things have really changed. Mm. That's no longer our sacred space for sex. Now, what that's brought is sex in other places. And so, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah, which is really fun. And now we're doing more like, we'll go to a hotel for a night or two nights or this and that. So it's interesting. Or the shower. That's or, yeah. right. So, Ooh. you know, it's it's um, offered us just, you know, again, we're always looking for more variety. Yeah. Um, and I do want to talk about a, a really simple way to invite variety. If Please. you guys want to talk about yeah. it. Um, And I'll just tell you another story because it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, So we had planned for sex, right? Because I'm... I think by now you get it. I'm a planner. That's I, how I, I love but it. That can I love put you it. at ease and you know what to expect. I know like, what to expect. I know how to manage my energy for it. Yes. And so it's like there's one quickie a like week, that. right? There's one quickie. There's one long love session, right? And then I always masturbate. I masturbate once or twice a so week. So that's the weekly. That's, that's the my plan. weekly like jam. That. Quickie, a long, a long love session. Love session. And then one or two self-pleasuring sessions. I also sessions. love that you're like this, you know, sexy, sensual person who's not like, we have to have sex every day. And that's no. so refreshing for me to hear you say like, yeah, no. no, we're having sex twice, twice a week. Twice a week is a week. great. Mm-hmm. I'm good. And I'm masturbating once <laughs> or twice. That, that yep. makes me feel 
like more free to not yeah. be, not feel bad totally. about not having so much sex. And I really like yeah. that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And look, two moments a week is really good i think yeah like, agreed i think agreed. it's really good yeah no and this is also coming from this like hierarchy kind of pleasure hierarchy like i was saying of going back to like well remember when we used to have sex like three times a day it's not realistic yeah, yeah. it's like and yeah, also, we're also like not when you become anymore. partners you become these partners you become mm-hmm. best friends it's like you're not you're no longer those like lustful rabbits just dry yeah. humping all the time yeah. yeah just dry humping all the time unless you're at a hotel and yeah, then it's you like you're great <laughs> moments and you're like woo this is around seven what is going on i'm in pain but what i love about that framework is it's like okay that's that's the goal if you wind up having one quality session well you're still doing good you're still doing good but if you have two then you're like hey we're really winning at life and then Mm. if you have three you're like we're fucking superstars this week (laughs) you know but it just again it sets this um not an expectation, but a goal, right? Yeah. How do we sort of maintain this intimate connection? It's mm-hmm. almost like an intimate contract. Mm-hmm. You know, let's aim for this. Let's see where we can go with that. And then within that framework, um, a really easy way to spice things up is by playing around with what I call erotic energies. And the way this tool sort of developed is that we had planned for sex. He was putting the kids to bed. I was like, dancing in the mirror and then I was in the shower. Um, and he came in and he said, um, what are you in the mood for, love? He's British and I can't do his <laughs> accent at all. I was the worst. What are you in the mood for, love? That's not how he talks. Um, and, and out of nowhere I said, I want to wrestle. And yes. I, I, I think I'd been watching Glow on Netflix and oh, I really girl, like their yeah. outfits. I really like their wrestling outfits. And Mark Maron's got some sex vibes coming he off does. of him. Yeah. And, and I was like, I didn't want like slow erotic sex. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, I didn't feel like watching porn, but it, this, this phrase came out of my mouth. I want to wrestle. And, and what that was is is like I just wanted that energy. I wanted yes. that kind of physical energy. Mm-hmm. It was like a little bit campy, but it was really just about like bodies colliding. Yeah. And those four words, I want to wrestle, was enough erotic inspiration to bring new energy to our sex that night. Mm-hmm. And that sex was so much fun. It was re-energized. It was different than the sex we'd had the last time. I was sort of running from the door onto the bed, leaping onto him. <laughs> I love this. You know, it was like, it, he was pinning me down. I was pinning him down. It was really fun and light. So that became a new thing in our life. What are you in the mood for, love? And mm-hmm. then I would answer with a new erotic energy. So the next time he asked me that question, I was wearing these really nice jersey pajamas and feeling myself. I was like, and I was stretching and I said, I want you to pet me like a cat because that was the feeling of the clothes that I had on my body and how I was getting into my body by stretching. I was in my transition, right? Trying to transition into that more Mm -hmm. central space. And those words, I want you to pet me like a cat. So that's how the stroking began. And And it was a sensual vibe. And Mm. it was, you know, yummy. And and I was purring. So it doesn't have to be some elaborate fantasy. We're going to use this sex toy. You're going to dress up like this. Or you're going to act like this character. It's just something. It's enough to evoke a new energy. Still oh. a lot, what you're saying, which I absolutely love. It sounds like you have the basis of trust to not feel stupid asking yes. for these yes. things that are not like, not like I want you to put your finger in my ass. It's like, right. no, I just want you to pet me like a cat. Right. And sometimes it's harder to say that than to be yeah. like, yeah. I want you, yeah, want you to do whatever. Yes. Sex and so thing. a way to overcome that, that fear or that 
you know, apprehension Mm -hmm. um, is to, when you're on your own, make a list of these little short phrases, these little erotic energies that you're interested in, and then practice saying them in the mirror. Oh, that's hard. But if you're practicing saying them in the mirror to yourself, even if you're shy, if you keep up practicing, you'll you'll start to feel more comfortable with your voice. Mm. You'll start to feel more comfortable saying, I want you to pet me like a cat. I want you to pet me like a cat. I want you to pet me like a cat. I want you to pet me like a cat. And then when he asks you, what are you in the mood for? You'll already know what your voice sounds like. Mm to say that you'll already have a bit more confidence. So I know it's a weird thing because we are not taught to practice these things. It is not in our education as women, as humans. Mm -mm. It's just not. So we have to reeducate ourselves. And that's how you become more confident. You practice it Mm -hmm. with yourself first. You build confidence in hearing your own voice. You build confidence in that desire you build right. confidence in identifying, okay, well, what are those What are those details? What does that mean? So if he says, okay, w- what does that mean? You can say, I want you to stroke me very softly. You know, you can you can express those details as well. But it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It does. It takes practice. Right. One well, little it's like thing at talking time. in the mirror makes sense to me. I mean, that's what I do when I'm building up the courage to confront someone. Yes. <laughs> I say it in the mirror over and over and over again. But I love the, the dynamic, too, of the erotic energy. Um, because I know for me, like, I, I love the idea of um, a role-playing situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it always has felt kind of this, like, unorganic thing. Right. Because I'm like, I got to get a costume. Uh-huh. And I got to figure out what the situation's going to be. And then I have to buy the right costume. Do I want to be a sailor tonight? <laughs> I got to go have a sailor costume. I got to go buy one and get it on Amazon. It's going to take three days. And now uh-huh. I don't want to be a sailor anymore. Right. Um, but <laughs> sailor. <laughs> I like that. Now, um, now I don't want to be a sailor. <laughs> now I don't want to be a sailor. Now I want to be a firefighter. Um, but I'd want to do a sailor. I know. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be the sailor tonight, bitch. But, um, <laughs> but I love the idea of the erotic energy where it is that organic feeling of yeah. like tonight I'm feeling this way. It's a hint. And we don't have to like get into full costume right. regalia. We can do that another time. But like, right. this is just kind of how I'm feeling. Like I know sometimes for me, I'm in a zone where I'm feeling like very vulnerable and I do mm-hmm. want to be pet like a cat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm feeling like I want to dominate the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love being able to slip into those roles organically instead of having the word role play totally feels very much like I got to go to Spencer's and get, you know, a a candy thong to do this. That's right. Maybe if you're feeling uncomfortable immediately jumping into that, I was just, you know, I'm coming up with all sorts of things as we're talking about it. Like maybe just asking simple stuff like, you know, I want to have sex on the floor or like, I want, Mm -hmm. I want you to kiss me right now. And even totally like you talked about earlier, just being getting comfortable with asking for what you want in the moment and breaking up the monotony of just doing the exact same position that you know you're both going to get off in so that you can both just like masturbate with each other basically. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also thought of something earlier when you were talking about um, kind of creating that sensual energy within yourself of I practice a lot before birth. Um, I wanted to practice relaxing into my contractions. Yes. And so I started getting the habit of when I was driving, I would feel my shoulders tense. And and a lot of times I've realized with sex, this can happen where, especially like you said, that recoiling when you're being touched. Yes. Um, Sometimes during sex, I feel how tense I'm holding my whole body. Yes. And so practicing even just when I'm in the car, I'm like, my shoulders are tense right now. Okay. Yes. Breathe and release Mm. my shoulders. Yes. Or when I'm hearing her crying and like, 
okay, breathe and relax. And it's not just for sex, it's for all areas of your life. But I was just thinking that could be a really good place for people to start is to recognize when you're holding in your body, holding tightness in your jaw, holding tightness in in your shoulders. Yeah. And And when you're actually in, that's great to practice it outside. And also when you're, when you're in the moment and you're not feeling relaxed, you're feeling tense or you're recoiling and you're struggling, you're in your head, right? A lot of women are in their head. So much. You can say as a silent mantra while you're in the moment, Mm-hmm. I welcome his kiss. I welcome his touch. I like mm-hmm. that. A I lot. welcome this pleasure. And you just start saying it, and that mantra starts to relax your body, and you're coordinating it with your breath, as you said, and and welcoming, mm. becoming in, in a more um, a state of receiving, right? And that's, I think, very hard for a lot of women because we're always giving. Yeah. So can we practice receiving? Yeah. And that's like. Ultimately, like everything we talked about so far is about practicing receiving, yeah. asking for and receiving help, asking for and receiving appreciation, asking for and receiving the kinds of touch and erotic energies that we want. It's like, I guess that's what this all boils down yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> But we're taught the opposite of that. I know. We're, yeah. we're, there's so many expectations we put on our expectations. So much things yeah. we expect for ourselves. We expect ourselves to be able to have an orgasm. We expect ourselves right. to give our partner a blowjob. We expect all these things. Right. We expect him to come. Right. And if he doesn't, then it's a feeling of failure and right. all these kind of different right. things we get caught up in. So in our heads. All the time. Yeah. So how? what if what if a woman doesn't feel sensual in her body? Yeah. And that's something that can happen after yeah. you give birth or you're like, I'm disgusting. Totally. Like, yeah. Did you, is, has your libido lower, lowered after um, giving birth? I wouldn't say like my libido has lowered. I would say that there's like, I'd say my, I, I would say that my libido is the same, but I would say that, um, I don't know my, my feelings. Like, I think I talked about this in the postpartum mm-hmm. episode. Um, I sort of felt guilty for feeling pleasure when even if she was like asleep, I would mm. sort of feel this guilt about like taking time for myself mm-hmm. or even if she's like asleep and I'm like in the shower and I'm like thinking about masturbating or something. And then I'm yeah. like, there's something that overcomes me where yeah. I feel bad. Right. Even though she's taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. that's been something that it's kind of been a blocker for me. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily feel guilt, but before I, I felt very similar to what you were saying, Dana, like before I had, Ember, I was felt like I was like a tomcat. Uh-huh. I was a very sexual being since I was young. And then right after I had my daughter, my libido lowered drastically. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? And then I had the idea of Evan, who's used to how I used to be in the sack yep. to now this type of mentality and then being so self-conscious about the fact that I know that I'm different. Right. You know mm. what I mean? Like he married this mm. wild animal of a mm. woman and I don't have that energy anymore. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, both two different types of. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's being able to tolerate the transitions mm-hmm. as well. Right. Like, when we change, I think in any way of our life, when we change, we think oh, this is it. This is it forever. I'm, I'm, but, but it's like, we know we're all, we're going to go up and down in life, right? right. We're going to continue to change and evolve. And it's like, how can I tolerate the discomfort? Can I be okay in this zone where I'm not fully the tomcat that I was, where I'm still, I'm unsure. I'm not quite, can we mm-hmm. tolerate this together and communicate openly about this together as I'm still evolving and as you're still evolving, like, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tolerating the discomfort is 
it's like that's what motherhood's about as well, <laughs> tolerating the discomfort right. and still making room for yourself. Right. So then going back to what Becca was initially saying. About getting back into your body. Yeah. 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 Right. Ma- masturbating. It's like the number one thing that women really? can do. What to about get women back. who have that blockage? I mean, I know of women who yeah. they feel really uncomfortable touching yeah. themselves yeah. and really sort of disgusted with the yeah. idea of sure. touching themselves. I even know some women who um, are able to get off really easily having sex with another partner, but the thought of sure. masturbating freaks them the fuck out sure yeah so how do you begin if that's you yeah yeah well i think it it begins with uh understanding the benefits right the Mm -hmm. benefits of pleasure you know endorphins Mm -hmm. um knowing your body better so that you can share that knowledge with your partner um i think it's incredibly healing Mm -hmm. i use masturbation to really process emotions if i'm angry i masturbate if I'm sad, I masturbate. If I'm happy, I celebrate by masturbating. <laughs> like I'm a masterful masturbator. <laughs> you know, it's it's to me, it's like that practice is how I soothe myself, how I energize myself, how I get to know myself. And so what are you talking about when you talk about masturbating? Because are you just talking yeah. about finger on the clit? Like, no, you know what I I'm mean? Talking like, about you're talking about a whole body experience. Whole body yeah. experience. So for so. me, it's really a ritual, right? Okay. And, and, and I think that... Um, Latching on to the idea of it becoming a ritual is very important, right? So it's not just like having a quick wank. It's like (laughs) I will turn on music. I have a full length mirror, so I'll dance in the mirror or I'll rub my body with coconut oil. I love what you talk about in your book about dancing because I... It's, if it's, you got to move it or you're going to lose it. Oh, yeah. And your hips and the slow movement of the hips, I think... We underestimate so much how totally. much body mm-hmm. you got to move play into your body. And I love you saying doing it in front of the mirror as well. The because idea you're connecting. Of, yeah, and, and realizing like how fucking gorgeous your body is yes. and appreciating it. And that's a process, right? Mm-hmm. So for women mm-hmm. who are afraid to touch themselves, they may also, like we all do at times, have some body confidence issues, yeah. right? Or body image or issues. a lot of body image issues. We yes. all do. Yes. And right, there's this practice of standing in front of the mirror and um, reversing this negative body banter, ugh, my thighs, ugh, my belly, ugh, this, ugh, that, right? That we all, mm-hmm. this inner voice that we all hear yeah. that focuses in on different body parts or different attributes and really actively trying to shift those negative thoughts into a sexy self-loving affirmation. So instead of, ugh, my belly is still sagging, standing in the mirror, putting your hands on your belly and saying, this belly created two babies. This belly is soft and strong. You know, I recognize and Mm -hmm. celebrate the pudge and the power, you know, it's like, and it may feel false and it may feel awful in the beginning, but the more you practice saying these beautiful things to yourself, the more you cultivate body love, body confidence. Mm -hmm. And so then taking that confidence and then putting your hands on your body and starting to just (laughs) explore what feels pleasurable, right? So maybe even if you're uncomfortable touching yourself, you can still, in a sexual way, you can still touch your arms, right? Yeah. You can still feel like, oh yeah, I like the strength of my arms or the softness of my skin. Then you can sort of, you know, get a vibrator, put it on your body over your clothes if you're yeah. afraid to touch yourself. Just be mm. curious. I think bringing a sense of curiosity to this situation, if you have fear around masturbation or blocks around it, just saying, you know, I'm going to be curious about this. What does this actually mean? What could it be for me? Yeah. And then again, this ritual, like I, um, 
dancing, massaging your own body, reading erotica. I like to lay out my sex toys as if they're lovers and then kind of pick and choose like who I'm in the mood for that day. It's fun. Like it's a, it's a, it's a way to express yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, like fashion, you obviously express yourself through fashion. You know, it's, it's another area of your life to process emotions and express yourself and feel amazing pleasure. It's like at the end of the day, give yourself 10 minutes to have an amazing orgasm. The rest of your day is going to be so much better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much better. What about to the woman? I I actually have a friend. What about the woman who's never had an orgasm by herself or with a partner and has tried? Where where to begin? That's that's such a personalized thing. Because when I experience women like that, um, you know, there's there's many layers and there's many there could be many blockages there, including shame about not being able to have an orgasm. Totally, so many layers. Totally. So it's a process of taking off the pressure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the expectation that you should be able to orgasm. And then, um, you know, peeling back the layers. Was there trauma that needs to be healed through through working with a therapist or trauma expert? Um, What are the beliefs that are holding you back? Where those beliefs come from? Are they still true? You know, are they still true? What would it mean to you to be able to orgasm? And, you know, talking about um, what the upside would be and helping her create that goal and that feeling of like, how would it feel instead of, the, the worrisome, why can't I? Well, how would it feel if I could, you know? And just like coaxing out um, the different layers of that experience. I have had a, a few clients with that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I saw one the last time I was here who had finally been able to reach orgasm. And yes. for her, it was very much about um, permission. She was overcoming, um, she had gotten an STI Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and had a lot of shame around that. Mm-hmm. So it was about releasing her shame about and Look, you can't, con- I mean, as much safe sex as you practice, you can still get something right. And, uh, and it's like, it's, you know, so it was a process of helping her let go of that shame. Um, finding the right toy for her was key. And she wound up being able to, um, squirt. She's a squirter. So now she's having, so now she's, so now now like she's having, she's on the like out. opposite side of the spectrum. Um, and she's just having these insane orgasms that are blowing her mind. So That's great. it's different for everyone. I yeah. think. I also wanted to just speak to something you said real quick is Jess, you said something like I've been a sexual, you know, I've been very sexual since I was young. Yeah. And I believe that nearly all of us are, are, you know, I, I remember when I was younger, I used to hear women say that and I'm like, I guess I'm like not very sexual. And I think that that's not true. I think there are different things that can stop us from being our very powerful sexual selves that I believe like we all have inside of us. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it looks differently for each person. Yeah. And it may not be like, I want to fuck 40 different dudes a year, you know, or, or even you might not even want to have sex with anybody at all because of blockages. And I just wanted to say that I think that getting out of our heads what it means to be a sexual oh my being God, yes. is so important. Yes. And at the end of the day, it's just about, like you keep saying, like feeling pleasure yes. and just starting with 
the simple as like taking time to like savor a raspberry. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or like mm-hmm. enjoy the feeling of hot water rolling totally. down your back. It's Absolutely. just like Absolutely. To pause starts, and acknowledge yeah, that. Yeah. Right. The self-talk is just amazing. I think at the end of this, like when we're, when I was going over your book so much was about just changing constant totally. self-talk and like just having a different perspective. And like you were saying, Becca, the, the idea of uh, you being younger and being like, oh, maybe I'm not sexual. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like especially, you know, being now the mother, two mothers with two daughters, yes. <laughs> like like how you were raised, how yes. your parents gave you permission to be yes. that way. I feel like you'll have these children who and then boys who are able to see their sexuality in a different way, perhaps yes. that it just doesn't look one specific mm-hmm. way for. Everybody. That's right. And that I think we still have a long way to go, mm-hmm. in, you know, with media messages. And, oh, and I and, and there's a chapter in the book called. um I can't remember what it's called. Maybe owning your sexual superpowers. Um, And, you know, your sexual superpower, it's like we all have it, but a lot of us don't realize it or recognize it. Um, And it's sort of that thing you excel at, that thing that makes you uniquely sexually magnetic, right? And a lot of women are like, no, 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 I don't have that. I don't have that. And that's where this whole idea of what sexy looks like comes up, right? And what we see in the, me- the the media messages that we see. And it's like, some women are like, well, I'm really shy. I don't have a sexual superpower. And I was like, maybe shyness is your sexual superpower. Maybe yeah. she's like, well, I'm too awkward. I don't know what to do. I'm like, use that as your sexual superpower. It's about owning what's uniquely you mm-hmm. and giving yourself the permission to say, this is what makes me sexual, not this porn star image or this other image that I saw. Right. And it's so interesting too, because I feel like as a, as a woman, when you're saying that like shyness could be your sexual superpower to encourage that in our fellow women, because I feel like as a woman, I see other people's sexual superpowers, Yes, you know, without being in the bedroom. Like Mm -hmm. for instance, like Becca has got major sparkly eyes, Mm -hmm. got bedroom eyes all the time. Uh You know what I mean? But it's like, I see this with other women and go like, damn, oh, that's like an energy that they have or whatever. I would love to be like in a, in a group of women who are encouraging and like calling out, like you give off this very sexual energy in this way. And it's very sexy and not just being like, oh like I like your outfit today totally (laughs) damn girl those bedroom eyes are like (laughs) seen right through me today you know whatever call your girlfriend and be like hey what's your sexual superpower let's talk about it Mm. like that you know, it is, it's, it's, it's sharing or, that love. Or like what makes you feel hot? Like, yes. yeah. and I think that that can give you some inspiration too. And when one of my girlfriends yes. says, you know, like it makes me feel hot when my boyfriend does this and I'm like, Oh, oh I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I would never, exactly. Yes, I would I never think that. about that. That's totally. fun. Also when you talked about, um, your one client who had to give herself permission. Yes. I actually just remembered something. So Shortly after I gave birth, after I had kind of healed, I was having a really hard time like masturbating. Like I just was like kept, I don't know, getting blockages or what, for whatever reason. And then, um, I kept saying in my head one time when I was masturbating, which I was just thinking could be really helpful for women too, who have been taught for religious reasons that they're not allowed to own their pleasure or maybe not even religious reasons. I think a lot of women like can't give themselves permission to have pleasure. I kept saying in my head, literally while I was masturbating, I am allowed to feel pleasure. Yes. And this might kind kind of sound weird, but I told myself like I want my daughter to be ex- be able to experience pleasure. She totally. has sure. the she will one day 
be able to have pleasure and like she is allowed and should be able to feel that so I should be allowed to feel that. That's right. That's awesome that you were able to connect those points in your mind in the moment. And literally saying in my head over and over again even though it sounds dumb like I have permission to have pleasure. I have permission to have pleasure. I can enjoy the way this feels. I can my daughter one day will be able to enjoy the way this feels and like that was able to like break something in me. Amazing. And I think that having like a mantra like that of like, I'm allowed to enjoy this. I that's am allowed right. to feel pleasure. Like that's this right. feels good right now and that's okay. Yeah. Like so hard. Yeah. That's because again, we're not really, you know, raised to be like, tell yourself to give yourself permission. It's like, yeah. that's a, <laughs> it's kind of a new message, yeah. but yeah, it's and it also so sounds important. weird when you say it, you're like, I'm going to just repeat that in my head. Like while I'm masturbating and having sex, but Yes. I think words have a lot of power. Totally. And like you said, like, I love, I love my, I love my belly. Yeah. Even though you may not believe it, the more you say it, the more the you, more believe, you it. believe it. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's really like, it's a fake it to make until you make it kind of a, kind <sighs> of a thing. You know, you keep saying it eventually you'll start believing it. Yeah. I look mm-hmm. sexy. I'm sexy. Yeah. Like I love, yeah. Let's chat about Article. It is an online furniture store dedicated to modern aesthetic and Scandinavian simplicity. They have gorgeous pieces. They focus on the quality and construction, and their prices are so fair. I'm talking savings of 30% over traditional prices because they cut out the middleman to directly sell you the goods. That also means no showrooms, no salespeople, no pressure. Just you and the amazing furniture pieces to drool over on Article.com. There are... An abundance of amazing pieces. You can go through that website for literally hours. And after my mom saw my gorgeous new dining room table and chairs that I got from article.com, she was hitting me up on the daily for our code. And she was spreading the love around to her friends, which I have to say is high praise because my mother is a bit of a furniture snob. So for her to be loving on article, I was like, yeah, "Yeah, woman, I know the pieces are. I have a gorgeous green crushed velvet chair that is just it's beautiful. God, so fantastic. Um, so you too can have some of these amazing pieces in your home because today Article is offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash chatty. Go to article.com slash chatty and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash chatty to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Um, so something else that you chatted about in your book. Yeah. Um which I think is so important and that I, I was really, it resonated with me because I go, Oh my God, I feel like this is, this is so often forgotten when it is, uh, in, in, uh, coordinates to sex Mm -hmm. is making fun a priority. Oh my God. And an obligation. Um, can you touch on that? Yeah. Choosing fun over obligation. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge because I think as mothers, we feel really obligated to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and as women, we feel obligated to please our partners. We feel obligated to make sure the house looks good, to make sure our kids are educated and smart and are eating all organic and like all these <laughs> pressures, right? And um, I made a really conscious decision uh, in the early days of motherhood to choose fun over obligation mm-hmm. um, and to sort of as much as possible uh, I give myself, I call it the permission to ditch, right? The permission to ditch certain obligations. Never heard a sexier phrase. I mean, (laughs) just fucking ditch it. Um, because if it's not really gonna, you know, contribute to like the bottom line of feeling good and feeling pleasurable, can I ditch it? So Mm -hmm. very concrete examples of that is like, 
have you signed yourself up for too many committees at the school or too many obligations or too many this? What can you ditch? What can you cut right away? How can you have more fun in this situation? Mm -hmm. And it's like, even with your kids, like if you're feeling like, oh, I have to feed them more organic, can I just ditch this tonight (laughs) and we go to Subway instead? Like, what Mm -hmm. can I ditch to make things more fun? Because fun is the gateway drug to happiness. Fun is the gateway drug to pleasure. Fun is the gateway drug to feeling more connected to your partner. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what that's all about. It's like, how do we go from obligation to opportunity, right? Sex is an obligation. No, sex is an opportunity to have more fun, to feel more connected. Sex feels like a chore. Well, can it feel like a choice? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you shift? How do you shift in your mindset? And it is, it is like you said, by telling yourself, instead of it feeling like a chore, I'm going to make it a choice. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling obligated, I'm going to see it as an opportunity. Um, and also just looking for more fun. How do you have more fun with your girlfriends? Yeah. You know, toss the kids off to your partner, to your mom or to a neighbor. Do a babysitting trade with your best friend. Go have more fun. Fun yeah. is like a basic human right. And I think that um, when you have kids, you kind of think, oh, well, no, I, I'm in this zone of doing. I have to do more. Well, you should actually be having more fun. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean. Now's the time to have more fun. Now just actually you should be having more fun. Because yeah. you only live once. And an obligation. Obligation is a boner killer, too, right? Yeah. It's oh, like. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love when you're saying, like, here, here we have a kid. And then you start having all these things. Like, we have to take them to this soccer game and this school thing and whatever. And you just pile up all these obligations. And yeah. then sex gets tossed to the wayside. And yeah. yet here's this unbelievably important part of your life and your partner's life. Yeah. And yet that is the thing that takes a back seat. That's and yet right. I'll, I'll sign up to make the brownies for the PTA thing. Yeah. It's like, who they cares? can live without your exactly. brownies. Yeah. So they can deciding live what's a real priority, like sex, answering work emails, you know, doing the things that really need to be getting done. That's mm-hmm. right. And then, did you lie the other false yeah. obligations? That's yeah. right. Like exactly. Yeah. Like I don't have to make muffins for this thing totally. or I don't have to go visit you know, this person, like maybe you do, but maybe I can put this off for another week. That's right. And say yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, Cause you have to say no in order to be able to say yes to other things. Totally. Like that's so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I love that concept. Oh, so good. Moms, I'm glad you just, like that. Just ditch toss it. that. Toss it. How can you have more fun? I always look at every situation that I'm in and I'm like, how can I squeeze more fun out of this? Mm. Something my husband really taught me. He grew up with like sort of a wild hippie-ish rock and roll family. Um, and I grew up in a bit of more traditional family. Um, and, and that's something I learned from them. They're just, where's the fun? They're looking for the fun. How can we have more fun? <laughs> Sniffing it out. And I'm like, that's amazing. I grew up sort of being like, how can you get a better, you know, how can you be grade? more efficient? Yeah. Right. How can you practice more piano? And I have look, to work on my 401 How can we yeah. be more productive? By <laughs> the way, this right. is the biggest mom trap word ever. Oh, oh my God. Productive. I know. Productive. I know. How much can you churn out in one day to show for yourself? Right. Like, right. I know. Well, I can say I had a lot of fun. I'd rather say I had a lot of fun. I also enjoy being productive, but I also like to say I had so much fun. Well, and fun is being productive too. Totally. And it's doing yourself a favor. And it's a really great example to your kids. I feel like that's been a thing that I've been trying to tell myself too. Like, Mm. hey, listen, 
is your daughter going to remember the time that you made snacks for all the kids in her class and brought them angrily to school? Yeah. Or is she going to remember the time that you guys ditched together and at a dance know, party, had a dance party exactly the in the or, living yeah. room, whatever. Like That's she'll remember right. that type of stuff. So if totally. I'm having fun and her daddy and I are enjoying our sex life, ultimately right. her life's going to be better because she's going to yeah. feel the love in the 100%. home. 100 yeah. percent. Parents who are meeting each other's love needs create happier kids. It's, I think it's a hundred percent true. And my mom always said it and I didn't really get it. She's yeah. like, me and yep. your dad always made us a priority yep. first. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know why my, what my, the way my mom explained it is she goes, you know, when women say, you know, I put my children first, she goes, it's always easy to put your kids first. Do you That's love right. your kids no matter fucking what? Right. Yep. They're not going to do anything to like make you resent. Not love you them. Love right. Them. Totally. So you have to work harder and put your relationship first. Because the uh, the kids' stuff, you're always mm-hmm. going to love totally. them. You're, That's so true. It's so funny, too. There's three particular friends that I've grown up with my whole life, so I had a relationship with their families because yeah. I was al- always over at the house. Yeah. These specific three whose parents, I know for a fact, had a very healthy sexual life together. Yeah. I didn't know that for a fact. Well, for many reasons. Uh-huh. One, one, one time we went to the bedroom and found all sorts of contraptions and uh-huh. then oh their parents were like, well, listen, we have sexual, healthy sexual appetites. Yeah. So, you know, and then also just getting older and then finding out like via conversation, yeah. like with yeah. their mom, yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. we had a fun little chat about sex and, you yeah. know, not necessarily that these, these three couples were wildly sexual, but they made sex a priority. They made it a priority. These three yeah. kids are the most confident friends I have, yeah. hands down. Totally. And, you know, two of the three, not to be a total bitch, but, like, don't have necessarily, you know, it's not like they're these unbelievably smart, successful, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's not like, yes, look at my degree and all all these yeah. things that I've created in my life. They're just confident people. Yes. And I always look back and I kind of attribute that. Yeah. I'm like, well, look at your parents. Have yeah, like yeah, some yeah. My parents, they were like, the door's locked. Don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we figured that out really quick. And, you know, my mom, even Thanks, now, mom my, my parents are 73 now. And mm-hmm. she'll, my mom will still be like, I, I didn't pick up the call because we were fooling around. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> mom. All right. She's like, I know you want to wash your wash your eyes out like oh that's so we do have listeners that aren't you know just in their 20s too yeah i've realized that and like you don't have to there's not an age where your sexiness goes out the door no Uh uh-uh i would say i want to be what did i say sexy in my 60s seductive in my 70s and erotic in my 80s oh yeah naughty in my 90s i don't know just keep it going well that i think is the mantra that i just want to get get that tattooed on my body yeah well and it's female energy it's not just about it's not just about pounding it out no like you said it's about having this glow of i am confident in who i am and i'm confident in what i want that's right i am meeting my own needs and like and when you're in that zone you are attracting positivity to yourself you're attracting Mm -hmm. the right people you're attracting the right opportunities you're attracting you know love and affection and and positive attention and also you're having good sex and that's another benefit but it is about more than sex it's about living with that lit up kind of feminine sparkling energy Mm -hmm. that says i'm confident i know that i deserve pleasure and i feel empowered to to receive it yeah well dana thank you so much oh my god it's been so much fun thank you guys you are amazing and so to all of our listeners first of all i think that was much like so much uh, information that goes beyond 
being a mom, just yes. being a woman in oh, general. Yeah, for sure. Um, but specifically for all you moms out there, or if you have friends who are going to become moms, yes. the Mommy Mojo Makeover, it's excellent. I have With so many dogs. practical dog- tools, too. It's that's, so practical. That's the thing. You want to talk about organized. This is like it's an so- organizational <laughs> orgasm of a book, because when you're a mom and it's hard to read, Dana has written it Bite so size. that there's bullet points and yeah. everything With is like exercises. a Exercises. Yes. It's clear. Yeah. You walk away one chapter. You're like, I got something to work on, but yes. it's a fun thing to work on. Yeah. So awesome. thank you so much. Pick this up. Amazon is this or you, your You know website? what? You can get it on my website. Okay. Yeah. DanaBMyers.com and you can sign up. I send out weekly videos and content with more actionable tools and little tips and tricks and inspiration and amazing. Well, we'll link that in the notes. So check that out. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dana. You're the best. Go get sexy broads. Yes. Let's do this. Chat soon. Chat soon.